Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and fun in 30 minutes or less. Show notes can be found at windswepknits.com. You can find me on Instagram and Ravelry as windswepmoni, and on Facebook and Twitter as windswepknits. This is episode 112, recorded March 1st, 2023, back from our break. Well, hello all, long time no talk. So yeah, it's been a few months since I recorded. I planned originally to take a few weeks off last summer and it just stretched and stretched some more. The truth is I lost my mojo, um, not in podcasting, but in knitting. And it's really hard to run a knitting podcast when you're not actually knitting at all, hardly. But I've got my mojo back and I am crafting up a storm recently. I'm going to make some changes to the podcast. This podcast isn't going to be just knitting. I'm multi-craftual, so you're going to hear about whatever I have worked on for the past two weeks. Uh, you may hear about knitting, crochet, spinning, cross-stitch, diamond painting. Maybe I'll find even another craft to work on. Not that my wallet needs that, but you know what I mean. Also, the release schedule is going to change to twice a month. I want this to be fun, not a source of stress. I do not want to feel pressured into crafting more just to have something to talk about, but over the course of two weeks, I will have lots of fun things to discuss and probably a bunch of screw-ups to share and make you laugh and stuff like that. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel forced to craft. I want to enjoy the craft, and I'm sure that's a sentiment you all understand as well. As always, this will be 30 minutes or less. I'm also going to bring back one of my original segments, the fitness segment. After all, I started the podcast to talk about both knitting and running, and while my knees don't let me run anymore, I still love to move my body. So here we are, the new and improved Knitting on the Run podcast. First up, whips or works in progress. The one I have spent the most time working on the past couple weeks is Songe d'été, aka Summer Dreams, designed by Dreaming in Chocolate Designs. It's knit using Linnea Pura Unico yarn by Lana Grossa, which is discontinued. This is a linen bamboo blend that I bought at Webbs a few years ago. Um, I'm going to talk more about this particular pattern later on in Knitting Fail, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the yarn here. I'm really sad this one got discontinued because it really showcased the, bo- the best of both fibers in the yarn as a linen bamboo blend. Linen can be hard on your hands. I, I love the result of linen after you washed it and dried in your washing machine and dryer a few times and wear it a bunch. It gets softer and softer and it's just a wonderful garment. It's, it's great in the summertime. I love linen, but it's, it, it can hurt your hands to knit with. Uh, I found that the addition of the bamboo really helped that quite a bit. It didn't hurt at all, this yarn, and I could knit with it for like an hour or two and I, I would not get that, you know, rubbed off feeling on my finger. And sometimes bamboo, it makes a great garment, or like a nice drapey garment, but sometimes it can be a little bit too drapey, um, especially if you're not looking, if you're looking for more of a sweater and less of like, like a nice, like bamboo yarn, like 100% bamboo yarn makes a wonderful, loose, flowy summer top. It's perfect for that, but it's not so great when you come to something where you want a little bit more of a fitted feeling, um, I'm not a fan of 100% bamboo if it's got long sleeves. I don't think those work as well. But the linen gave the bamboo structure. And so I found that this this yarn actually was just amazing to work with. I, I wish it wasn't discontinued. Next up is Davit. 
This is designed for Barocco by Amy Palmer, and I'm knitting it using Silk Noir by Great Adirondack Yarn Company, which I bought at Rhinebach last year. Davit is an unusual construction. It's a summer top. It's got like little cap. You can make a little short sleeve or you can make a little cap sleeve. I've seen people do both. But the way you knit this is you start at the straps of the shoulder, and then you knit down to the bust, and then you have a series of kind of large and a large number of increases every right side row. I'm not going to give away the secret sauce. I'm just giving you the, the, the short, short version so that you kind of, it spreads out and you get almost like a, like a garden spade shape um, by the time you finish knitting the body. And then those two wings out on the side, you wrap around the back and attach to the two shoulders. So it's crosses in the back. And it's a lovely garment, and I've seen a few folks who've knit it, like on my Instagram feed. It doesn't have a lot of patterns on Ravelry, which is a shame because I'm actually really enjoying working on this yarn. I started working on this pattern, um, and I like the yarn I'm I'm using. I am not using the called for yarn. I'm using a basically it's like a raw silk kind of thing, and it's labeled a sport weight, but I find it knits up more. I'm using a U.S. size six needle. Um, excuse me, I forget the millimeters off the top of my head. I think four or something. And I'm finding it knits up at more of a, a DK weight. I'm getting, after blocking, about 18 stitches per inch. And you could definitely go down a needle size um, and get a, t- a tighter gauge. But I'm really enjoying how it's working. It's going to make a nice, airy garment for summertime. And I'm having a lot of fun with this one. In crochet, I have two projects I'm working on at the moment. First up is the Frog Princess Dress Blanket by Carol Fladdock. And this is a Princess Tiana-inspired blanket. I'm crocheting this using Joanne's Big Twist acrylic yarn. I'm making this for a local charity to raffle off in the fall. We have a charity in town that really works hard to bring diverse groups of people together. You know, kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats, that sort of thing. And every fall, they run a booth and they raffle off some... Last year, they raffled off a friend of mine's gorgeous crocheted blanket. Uh, So I asked if I could help this year. And I I don't want to steal her thunder because she's a much better crocheter than I am. So I am going to knit up a series of crocheted, like little kids dress blankets. I'm sure you've seen them on the internet and stuff like that. And I've got Princess, the Princess Tiana one now. My plan, if I have time, is to do one um, for Beauty and the Beast, a Belle-inspired one. And also I purchased the pattern for the Princess Anna from Frozen One. And I have an old pattern lying around for a dragon blanket that I knit my boys, actually, I sorry, I should crocheted my boys many years ago. And if I have time, I might whip one of those up as well. We'll see. It all depends on how time allows, but I, I promise at least one, and I'm hoping to do, you know, two to four. But keep your fingers crossed on that one. Next up is the Summer Happiness Crochet Top. This is a design by Concept Creative, and I'm working it up in Sheep Just Whirl in the color Sherbet Rainbow which is a pastel rainbow from pink to blue. Whirl is a cotton acrylic blend. It's one of those um, color-changing yarns where one strand changes at a time. And it's my only my second time working with one of these types of yarn. The last one I knit was a um, 100% cotton by a different company. And this one is cotton acrylic. And it's just it's lighter because I know that this garment is going to take probably close to 1,600 yards. So I wanted a yarn that weighed less than 100% cotton, but I still wanted something that would breathe in the summertime. I know crochet has holes in it, and this is technically a, a crochet, lacy crochet pattern, but I still wanted a lighter weight yarn that would that would breathe a little bit. This was my Christmas Day cast on, and I put it aside to finish a bunch of stuff and then pick it up again last week. I have finally reached the first color change, and I love how it's turning out. 
Oh, also, I should note, um, this pattern is really neat. Depending on how you wear it, it can be worn as either a poncho or a sleeveless top. So my thought is, you know, maybe you wear it to the beach as a cover-up one day, but also then just, you know, throw my arms to the quote-unquote sleeves, um, and then I could wear it to dinner that evening sort of thing. So looking forward to that. Knitting fail. So I mentioned that I was working on the Songe d'été Summer Dreams pattern, and I had a bit of a big setback while I was in Florida. It's a lovely top-down summer top. It's got a collar that is worked in um, twisted stitches. So it's a lace pattern, but the knitting stitches are all twisted stitches. And then uh, the top collar, both on the front and back, sorry, not the top, the top shoulder section of both the front and back, as well as the bottom edge are lace. So it's, it's um, you're at a couple points, you're balancing two charts at the same time or two sets of written instructions, which sounds really hard. But it's very, very easy to tell where one ends and one begins. And also, I use a stitch marker because it makes it easy. So it's actually not that difficult to do. I just I print out the um, the pattern and then just cross off the rows I finished. So it's it's actually I found it very easy to follow. The problem is, uh, I got to an inch below the armholes when I joined the front and back sections, and it was way too big, way too big. Like we're talking, reaching mumu size here. Like okay. So the the size I was working on had added, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 14 stitches under each arm. So I ripped it back to the join and then added six stitches under each arm. So it took out quite a bit of space there. Knit another, you know, inch and a half to make sure I was getting a good fit. And it was still way too big. So I'm sitting here looking at this going, something's not right here. And I measured my, um, the gauge I was getting and the gauge I have is completely different than from my swatch. I had been getting uh, 23 stitches over 4 inches or 10 centimeters, and in this pattern, as knit, I am getting 21 stitches. Now, I'm not quite sure why that changed so much, <sighs> but yeah. So I uh, frogged the whole thing. Uh, um, I, I frogged 95% of it. So when you start knitting this, you knit the co the back collar, so what goes behind your neck to about where you're, you know, the center of your shoulders. Uh, and I was able to save that part. And then I restarted the back. And I'm probably an inch or two down the back. Got to go another, I don't know, six inches or so. I think it's. I think it was about a seven and a half inch before the, um, roughly before the um, underarm cast on and join and stuff like that. So I'll get back to it. I, I, I do want to wear this this summer. I was hoping to start wearing it sooner, maybe under a sweater. But yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. But oh well. <sighs> Spinning. So I backed the Dreaming Robots Nano 2 Kickstarter, and I got my uh, Nano 2 last early winter, actually. I think I got it finally in December. have to look it up for certain. The, um, the ship from China ran late. So quick deviation, if you ever back one of Maurice's Kickstarters, he is super open about exactly what's going on. He actually sent out the information on the ship that all the Nano 2s were on. So we could track the ship going from China all the way over to when it finally reached Boston, which was a lot of fun to do. But, you know, when he's saying, sorry, it's delayed, I can't help you, you know, it'll be, they're giving, they're estimating another month. You could go see the ship, you know, which was supposed to be in, you know, arriving in Boston any day. And it was down, you know, I don't know, Florida somewhere. So obviously it was, you know, way, way, way off still. And I know that doesn't sound very far in the grand scheme of like planet Earth, but then it takes days to unload and then reload and then go off the coast to the next stop. And then, so anyway, you, you get what I mean. 
But so yeah, I would I would definitely back a Kickstarter again, even from Maurice at uh, Dreaming Robots, even though the wheel arrived uh, almost two months late. But that was not his fault. So speak. So the Nano Two. The reason I am talking about that is because I finally got to travel with my Nano Two. It is a travel spinning wheel. It's tiny. It's um. It's about the size of a guinea pig, honestly. Somebody posted photos of their Nano 2 with their guinea pig on Instagram the other day, and it's about the size of a guinea pig. Maybe a tiny bit taller, but that's what you're, that's what you're looking for. So I was very excited to travel. I'd planned to spin on the plane, got through TSA, no questions, that little tiny motor, totally fine getting through TSA. But the flight to Florida was really turbulent, which was kind of surprising. I mean, we we have two sets of grandparents in Florida for my kids. And so we fly to Florida at least once a year. Um, and we rarely have turbulence, but this was, we flew through something and it was, it was ugly. So I did not want to bring the wheel out. So I knit on the way down, but I did get to spin at my in-laws and on the flight home. And this was a joy. I, I, I tend to do on a traditional spinning wheel, a, a supported long dry. I spin mostly cotton. I do spin other fibers, but my favorite to spin is cotton. So on a traditional spinning wheel, a supported long draw is, is, what I find the best to work on. And I can do a supported long draw on the um, the Nano 2. I find doing, instead of a really long draw, I find more of a medium. I don't do a short draw. I do maybe instead of, because I can get a long draw going of, you know, three feet easily. I might do more of like the one, one to two feet kind of thing, 18 inches or so. And I'm finding that works um, really well for the nano, but I can do it like on the, on the, um, the plane flight, I was only doing like, you know, six to 12 inches to make sure I wasn't annoying my, my seatmates. Um, and it worked totally fine. Worked great. Had it on the tray table, really enjoyed it. I am spinning some beautiful green, lightly speckled cotton from Buchanan fiber, which I loved where I read her fiber was a joy and her colors were magnificent. And of course she went out of business a year or two ago, or I should say she closed her business a year or two ago. And I'm really sad because I love spinning her stuff, but I am enjoying spinning what I have left. On the run. So I'm going to keep calling this segment on the run because it's been called this for several years now. And we're just going to talk about whatever cool fitness thing is happening or something I see in the news or what have you. Uh, for this week, I actually hit a major milestone on Monday. I'm going to be tooting my own horn a bit this week, but I'm very proud of myself. I swam more than a third of a mile. I swam 650 yards. That's about 594 meters. So pre-pandemic, I was swimming a lot. I was swimming um, 500 to 600 yards, probably more like 500 yards twice a week, up to 600. I hit 600 a couple times. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and suddenly I was swimming zero. <laughs> um, I uh, took a year off. No swimming. I mean, I would, you know, paddle with my kids in an outdoor pool or at the beach or something when we when we went to the beach during that first year of the pandemic. But basically, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, but a year in, I did end up getting starting to swim again at the past of my physical therapist. I had some knee injuries, and he's like, "You got to get in the pool. You need to find a, a non a, a way to exercise your legs without impact." So swimming it is. So the problem is basically, I'd become a lump on the sofa. And it's taken me uh, nearly two years to get back into swimming in a slow and healthy manner and to not push it too far and create more injuries, which is, I, I tend to do that. Those of you who know me in person know that I do tend to do that a lot. So I'm trying not to. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's been a long, slow journey because there's nothing like swimming to show you how out of shape you really are. And fitness in other areas does not translate to the pool. It's a completely different beast, but a very enjoyable one. 
So I still have a ways to go. I did swim a total of 650 yards, uh, but after the first few hundred yards, I need to stop and rest and catch my breath. And after that, like every hundred yards or so. So my next two goals are one, swim 500 yards without stopping. That's probably going to be a while till I get my breath controlled to do that, but it'd be a good one to do. And two, my next goal is to swim a half a mile. Out and about upcoming fiber events around New England. So there are several things happening over the next few months, and I want to share them with you. First up is Farm and Fiber Days at Wayland Winter Farmers Market. This is coming up this Sunday, March 5th, at Russell's Garden Center in Wayland, Mass. It'll be the last one for the season. Connecticut Sheep and Wool is going to be on April 29th. New Hampshire Sheep and Wool is coming up May 13th and 14th. Massachusetts Sheep and Woolcraft Fair is May 27th, 28th, Memorial Day weekend. Stitches at Home is coming up April 1st and 2nd, and Maine Fiber Frolic is coming up June 3rd and 4th. I do plan to be at the Farm and Fiber Days in Wayland, and we'll see about the others. I have no plans as yet, but maybe I'll see some of you there. Last up, I've got sunshine. So, as I mentioned, we went to Florida last week for school vacation, and... Basically, we just spent the week hanging out at my in-law's pool. We no Disney, no Universal, no theme parks, no big plans. Just we we chilled and rested and swam and played board games, and it was super relaxing. And it was the rest we all needed. And I hope if you have a spring break coming up soon, that you get the rest that you need. One last thing to add: I want to do a quick talk about the Knit for Food Knitathon, which is coming up at the end of the month. I'm participating for the third year in a row, and I'm very excited to be part of this again. The Knit for Food is a knit-a-thon, really more of a craft-a-thon. We have lots of other crafters helping, too. It's a 12-hour crafting event in support of organizations that feed the hungry. The first Knit for Food knit-a-thon was launched back on March 8, 2021, with the goal of raising a total of 10000 to be contributed to Feeding America, World Central Kitchen, No Kid Hungry, and Meals on Wheels. To our astonishment, the event was a major success, and we raised more than $265,000 that year. Then last year, we ran it again, and we raised over $271,000 that year, which is wonderful. So we raised more than half a million dollars. All the money is donated directly to the four organizations. All overhead costs and efforts are provided by volunteers, so every single penny donated goes to those four organizations, and I am back fundraising again this year. My The link to um, fundraise and add to my totals are uh, in the show notes, but of course, please, if you're interested, donate to anybody. There's so many of us participating, and it's a wonderful event. And, you know, even if you've got $5, a $5 donation can make a world of difference for one of these businesses to really help a whole bunch of people. It's amazing because they buy their stuff in bulk. They can make a huge difference in a community for just a small donation. So if you have a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, please donate. Um, you know, nobody, nobody in this world should be hungry. Not a single person. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, as always, keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.